Dreaming with God is one thing, right? We want to dream big with the Lord and, and we're dreaming of building a school and expanding our clinic. And, and yet at the same time, just dreaming big and surrendering at the same time is just the delicate dance that I've been learning in the past wow. 10 years. When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. I love how God brings people into your life who at the same time, you have no idea what it's going to become. Today is a fun conversation with a sweet friend of mine I had the honor of meeting about 10 years ago. She was in some of the same circles of nonprofit and ministry world, and we were looking to see if there was anything we could do to help further amplify her mission as a radio station that I worked with. Well, her thirst for life and adventure, and more importantly, the adventure of chasing Jesus with God-sized dreams for her ministry, I knew that she would be someone I'd love to grow in friendship over the years. I wish I could tell you all the neat backstory of how incredible the timing was in meeting this sweet friend, but I do want to dive into her story. Side note, pay attention to the people that you meet along your journey. If they're placed in your life, even just to encourage you right where you are, that could be a sweet gift from the Lord. That's what Kelsey was to me, as I recall a time that we shared stories and experiences on couches of our office. And having recently been through a heartbreak, Kelsey's story was just what I needed to be encouraged that God wasn't finished writing my own story. So fast forward 10 years, Kelsey's doing incredible things still. And while we talk about all sorts of things on today's episode, I want to encourage you with what she says so beautifully about learning the delicate dance of trusting God for your daily bread, but also dreaming with Him for more. Kelsey is a founder of an international nonprofit, speaker, instructor, wife, and mother living in the small town of Colorado. She dreams big and expects big from God. She works full-time for her nonprofit called Rowan, which stands for Rural Orphans Widows AIDS Network in Uganda. That's a mouthful. She's not only passionate to empower orphans and widows in Uganda, but inspires all of us to say yes to the Africa inside each one of us as we put our faith into action. 
She is currently working on a book and will do just that, equip, mentor, and inspire the next generation of leaders to zealously go after the things God has invited them into. I'm excited to dive into more of Kelsey's story. So, you know the drill. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and dive in with us to The Places Between. Kelsey, I'm so excited to connect with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. Oh, I love it. Well, I couldn't wait to tell your story with our listeners, and I'm just excited to dive in. So why don't we start with... Let's just have you share a little bit about yourself. I know you've done like international traveling and you live in Colorado and you're called to many things, but let's just start with an intro. Who is Kelsey? And tell us maybe something that people wouldn't know on social media. Sure. It's so funny to ask that question. Who am I? I even was looking over that question. I asked my husband, what, what would you say is Kelsey? Who is Kelsey? You know, and he, he said the sweetest things. I'm like, babe, I cannot say that on, on camera about myself. I was like, but you can. <laughs> so I would say, um, I'm Kelsey. I'm 39 years old and been married to the love of my life for 10 years. And, uh, we have one daughter named Sparrow and she is five and I am an extreme extrovert that is living the small town life. So I am just, that's a space between right there, but just loving that. And it's really opened my eyes to kind of the introverted side in me. So Mm. um, what people probably don't know about me is I love to dance in my living room. So my daughter and I have lots of fun dance parties and then you'll find me taking baths and I have my head in like 10 different books at the same time. That sounds so amazing. I would love to have a day in your life. The dance parties alone in your living room. I have dance parties, but they're more like for an audience of one. Yes. It's either one or third, so I feel more comfortable. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm sure she totally looks up to you. How old is your daughter? She is five, going on 25. But yeah, she is, um, her name is Sparrow, which means hope in Latin and just. Um, a, a miracle story in herself. But yeah, she is our, our little joy. Oh, I love that. Well, she's a spitting image of you. So she's probably going to be another world changer. When I look at your life, I look at you as somebody who's done so much in just a few years, and you haven't really gone the traditional route of a nine to five. You started this incredible organization. So going back to my question of like, how did you start dreaming for something like that? Were you encouraged as a child to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Good question. I love these questions because it really makes me look back and think, where was the origin of that moment when I was inspired to dream? And I grew up in a loving home. My parents are amazing and they really did encourage my dreams. And in fact, you know, I just felt like it was such a safe place to grow up. Uh, Mm -hmm. However, there was a point in my life where my dreams started getting really big (laughs) and my my parents were a little stretched. Uh, For example, my my dad was LAPD cop and I grew up in Mm -hmm. Southern California on top of a mountain protected uh, from all the bad guys. And for me to want to dream big international and begin 
that journey with the Lord that way. He was, uh, it was really hard for him. And so, um, but it was still a safe place. I'd say, I'd say the Lord just put those dreams in my heart at a young age. And with that support really helped uh, take that journey into what's next. Wow. Wow. I love that your parents were supportive of your dreams, even from like an early age. Cause gosh, I know, especially when you listen to like inspirational or motivational speakers that talk about like dreaming for more or, or even pastors and teachers of God's word that are like, you could have huge dreams but if you aren't in a community that fosters that, especially from what I would think at early age, it's really hard to want to step into something that is so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it still it took my parents 11 years to get to Uganda when I had been going so much and started a nonprofit. And I mean, my dream was to get them there the second I went. And it took 11 years of them just fostering even their faith in that and in their dream and going. And now it's just so fun that they're really a part of that dream. And it just took time for them, but it was just a sweet process for me to learn how to trust God, even in that, uh, with that dream too. Wow. That's incredible. Well, I'm glad they eventually got there. You have this love for Uganda. When did you discover that? Well, it's it's a really fun story. I was 15 and I went to a Christian camp in California. And the speaker of this camp at the time was a a speaker of a small church in California. uh, And his name was Francis Chan. And I, he was, he was just like this low profile pastor. And I don't even remember what he said, but whatever God used in that message through him, the conviction of the Holy Spirit and a repentant heart at 15 was just over me, like the presence of God. I just felt it so strong for the first time. And I, I, I don't know if anyone has experienced this and so many uh, different people experience how God speaks uniquely. And that was the first time I had audibly heard the word Africa. Mm. And again, I came from small town, California, no influence of travel. I didn't know Africa was a continent and it was just like impressed upon me. So I quickly wrote it down and I knew my future had something to do with that. Mm. And um, I had no grid for what that looked like, what was next. But at 15, I held on to that word. And I went through high school and people made fun of me. What are you going to do when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to Africa. And they're like, what? (laughs) I mean, it was back in 1994. I mean, no one was really exploring missions that way or that idea. And nine to five was more kind of the norm. And so going into college, God led me to the right organization to partner with to go to Africa. And I wanted to go for six weeks. And at that time was also kind of rare to find to go that long. So they sent me and they placed me in Uganda. So they placed me there. The missionaries drove me five hours away from the city, dropped me off in this remote village with a couple gals, dropped me off in this village pastor's home and said, see you in six weeks. And this, this village had never had a visitor stay longer than a drive through And we were there and the missionaries just left us. And so it was quite, quite the experience. And that's where it started. Um, I would say, you know, on a trip like that, if everyone, anyone's gone on a trip, you, you can walk away saying it was life-changing and transformational because of the poverty and the suffering. And, and yes, I experienced HIV and AIDS and mm. so many things that were drastically contrasted to my Southern California life. But the biggest takeaway for me on that trip 
by far was the the village pastor named Paul and his his life of giving hope to people in a hopeless situation. So he would go around to these home huts and visit these families and inspire them with hope and that, and that Jesus was going to take care of them and that there's hope in him and hope as a person. And, and I walked away really wrestling with how can you preach that message to such a community in such so much suffering? And at 19, really wrestled with and looked up to his faith. So since then, it was less really about the country of Africa and more about the relationship with him that built starting from that point onward. And he is now my spiritual dad. So that's kind of where it began. And then long journey of circling back to getting back there and starting a ministry with him. I love that so much. I mean, who would think that God would years and years ago have this idea where he knew exactly where you needed to be for starting the ministry, exactly where you needed to be for 2022, continuing this ministry and the lives that you would impact along the way. Yeah, You know, it's funny. I think I remember a couple of years ago, you hosted this neat fundraiser behind the little man ice cream shop in Denver. For those that are listening that are not from Denver, we have this really cool ice cream shop that's like a giant can of milk. (laughs) It's literally like 40 or 50 feet high. Anyway, they have the coolest background um, setting and I think you hosted a fundraiser there for Rowan and didn't Paul, did he come? He did. He, the man was there. In fact, I have to give a shout out to little man ice cream because they're a huge supporter of Rowan. So they gave us that venue and let us use that for free. And, but they give to so many different organizations and nonprofits throughout Colorado and internationally. And they really make a difference in our ministry. So they're awesome. Go get some ice cream you're supporting. But with oh, that, yeah. they, we had it there and we um, had Pastor Paul. He's been to the States a few times. In fact, he came a couple years ago, 2020 in March um, with his wife for some medical treatment. And with the lockdown, he got stuck here and lived with us for five months. Oh my God. Five months now. Uh, I could sit here and riddle funny stories in five months, but it was really God's beauty and, and having that time with him. It was, it was so fun. It was a long, long time, but we endured it together. And uh, so, yeah, he's just such a dear friend. He, he did our wedding ceremony and he's dedicated my daughter. So he's just such a part uh, of our, of our family. And I think going at 19 and him becoming like a spiritual father and maintaining that relationship throughout it's never been top down. It's never been me on, you know, leading the way. It's it's his vision for what we're doing, and and I'm basically the microphone for him. Wow. Well, and just jumping into a little bit more about Rowan, I'd love for you to explain just a little bit more of what Rowan is. I was just reading one of your updates, I believe, from the end of 2020, and you were talking about building houses, and not only is that incredible, I know. Rowan also provides healthcare and education and access to clean water. So rather than me tell the whole story, I'd love for you to share with listeners just what is Rowan? I know you're based in Uganda, but you operate as well from Denver. Yeah. You know, something like this, it's a small ministry and we're really holistic in nature with, with, you know, pillars of what we do and don't do and focus on that. 
but it's really hard to give a 30 second elevator speech to what God has done in the past, you know, 20 years. And so the enemy can kind of creep in. I don't know for anyone out there of success. It's like, well, you don't have a world vision behind you to speak about, you know, quantify your success, but man, the depth and the impact that we are making in rural villages in Eastern Uganda is there's nothing I'd rather do. So with that, God's just taken me on that journey to, to be able to just share openly what we are doing and be confident about that. And so we work in across 50 villages and specifically focus on those affected by AIDS. So widows um, who've lost someone to AIDS or a widower or orphans affected by AIDS and lost at least one or more parent. And so several of them are HIV positive. Most of the women are, and then a lot of them are but we kind of just step in. We don't have an orphanage per se. We we try to keep them in family units as much as possible. And as broken as that can be and, and potentially messy, it's the most beautiful way to just love them and show them Christ's love in a family unit as much as we can. With that, when we say yes to a widow, we say yes to her whole family, her, all of her kids. Mm-hmm. And they enter our program and we help them with the kids. Their track is kind of just helping with their school fees. Saturday programs. And we do have a clinic on site where they have free medical care the whole time they're in our program. Wow! And there's no age limit. We just counsel them and coach them all the way through to a vocational training until they graduate. And we've had over a hundred kids graduate, which is what pastor says is their success is our salary. I mean, that is our joy to see those kids and just, and even to see them volunteer to want to come back and serve. We don't, require them to or anything. They just want to come back and help in the ministry. So fun. So we even rehired several of our staff or kids that graduated. Wow. And then for the widows, we have a four-year legacy program and we have a very intensive curriculum of, of, of entering them into things like demonstration gardens, savings groups, business training. We have an awesome training they go through and they're all in zones and we help get them their medications they need for their sickness and track all of that and help them with their medical fees, which is like one of the biggest testimonies they can say. Of course, everything that we do has the element with Jesus and all of our staff are just supporting and are the faces of hope, especially in this trying time. So Mm. so that is in in short what we do. Um, And we really pride ourselves in the sense of partnering with other nonprofits in the area, other region, area, like leaders to come together and work together and not recreate and you know the wheel in a sense. And so with that in Colorado, uh, I started something called Uganda Unite, where all nonprofit leaders and uh, organizations come together and we share resources and struggles and challenges. And we have summit once a year and had Bob Goff last year. And so we um, just help empower each other. No, we're not alone in that, which really helps this side um, with my small team here, what we're doing um, and encourage each other. So it's really twofold. I love the relationships there. I love the relationships um, in the States that I can build uh, with other nonprofits and, and our supporters. Wow. That's incredible. Well, and you think about the hundred or so students that have graduated from your program. First of all, for you to have a program that has that longevity to actually look back going, these are the families and these are the kids that we've gotten to impact. And then who knows what those hundred kids, what one of those hundred kids is going to go do. I just watched the documentary that came out a few years ago, but I watched the documentary Molly and one kid that was, that suffered as a child 
just turned around and gave everything back. And, and you just think of the lives that you're impacting, not only in just one area through, you know, this network of support, but then through education access or healthcare and all of these things that you're coming alongside of these people saying you matter, you know, it's so much bigger than, I don't think God quantifies like he's not up in heaven going, well, you haven't impacted 10,000 people. Like, <laughs> like I- we put it on ourselves, you know, in that sense, like, where does that, there's a lot that I've had to unlearn over the years yeah. from education. Yeah. I, I got my master's at DU, which was amazing, but there were things I did have to unlearn in the sense of how do I define success for the Lord? Yeah. Um, and with that, um, for example, you know, in nonprofit world or any work that you're doing, there's there's great methodologies. There's how to monitor and evaluate programs. There's fundraising and accounting, and there's all of these ways that we need to mobilize for the programs and have a five year plan. I love that question people ask me. You know, what's your five year plan or ten year vision? You know, for Rowan, I'm like, ah, uh. you're <laughs> like, like, um, God will tell me. Yeah, let me tell you, I am so you know turning 40, you, you've begun to realize you have some history with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're like, which is awesome. And so um, he's just spoken so clearly to me, Kelsey, my one prayer I taught you to pray is ask for daily bread, not monthly bread, not a five-year plan bread, but daily, because I will supply all your needs every day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I reset every, every morning with the Lord and say, okay, everything here is on my docket. Like, show me what you want us to do today. Wow. And so it, it's hard when people ask me that. I said, you know, and dreaming with God is one thing, right? We want to dream big with the Lord and, and we're dreaming of building a school and expanding our clinic. And and yet at the same time, just dreaming big and surrendering at the same time is just the delicate dance that I've been learning with him the past wow. 10 years. So Absolutely. Well, and that, I love that you call it a delicate dance because... I do think as a faith-filled follower of Jesus Christ, we're encouraged to dream, right? Like Ephesians 3.20, he could do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine through his power within us. And so to me, that gives us permission to dream God-sized dreams. Yeah. And yet, how do you couple that with delicately walking forward so that we don't get ahead of God and we ask Him to bless our dreams, but also ask Him, like, are we in line with your heart and how are you speaking to us? I love that you talk to Him daily about that. Yeah. And, and you know, for everyone out there, I mean, there are days that are harder than others and there's days that I get, get up and my daughter needs 50 things. And then I'm like, shoot, you know, and you recalibrate your day or, or you don't, and you have kind of a rough day, you know? And so I think by no means it's something that I'm continuing to grow in, in that discipline, but it is proved so faithful. I think just gaining trust the Lord over time and having traction and, and doing this 20 years, you just look back. I mean, honestly, when I say I'm turning 40 this year, that sounds like it's kind of like vinegar coming out. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh. And so I think, no, I'm young. I'm hip. I go and talk to a 20 year old and then I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm not 20. <laughs> I love their passion when I come back going, oh, okay. I am turning 40, but yeah. And I think something you said, Wendy, so strong is, is to in Ephesians and just ask the Lord, you know, where he wants you. But at the same time, I'm learning a lot in this season of life to listen 
like I ask him, but just to really carve out time to listen to him because I've experienced him speaking in and through me and through this amazing community here. I live up in Kremlin, Colorado, and it's a beautiful, beautiful community. And I've been in so many different church communities or faith-filled communities. Nothing has as compared to what God is doing in this place. It's just a sweet season that we're in up here, but we're practicing so much of listening to him. And man, it's just proven. It's so, so amazing when you give him space to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. It's so funny because for listeners, because this is just kind of like behind the scenes. This morning I was running a little behind. So I'm driving and it's funny because I was talking to the Lord and I, I felt like I was prompted and he was interjecting, kind of talking back to me, like I would ask a question. And even before I was done, I would hear an answer and then I would say something else and hear another phrase. And for listeners that are like, I don't hear from God like that. It's it's so interesting because it's like this inner voice that and I was laughing about it this morning. I go, I feel like I'm like having a conversation with two people in my <laughs> If anyone um, overheard me talking out loud in my car. And it feels a little, like it feels a little weird, right? Yes. But at the same time, everything that God speaks is always in line with his word. It's always good and always kind. And even if it is like a reprimanding, it's more of like a, we're going to have you notice this. And then I'm going to gently guide you away from that. Or I, like a conviction it's, it's not this overwhelming shame. It's like, he's going to speak to something that you need to pay attention to. But I just, I felt like God was just saying like, you know, you can trust me and like, I've got this, like I've got you. And it always lines up with God's word. So yeah, I was thinking about this, speaking to listeners in terms of how would you encourage them with practical ways that they can ask God for what's next, the process of saying yes to a big dream or your calling when you don't know what's next, whether it's a ministry or a job change or where you're moving. Can you speak any words of encouragement to listeners that are kind of on that journey of like, how do I hear from the Lord? And I love what you said about listening. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'm not here saying I've coined it. This is what you got to do to know how to move forward. And I think even the word calling has changed in definition in my life over time. At one point, I thought there was one calling for my life. And I, once I figure it out, I'm on the track, you know, and I realized that there are seasons in life, callings are what God is calling you to in that season is kind of more how I'd frame it. And so I will say this, aside from listening to the Lord himself, and there are, there are times I, I listen and I don't hear anything. So it's not always a bed of roses. I'm frustrated sometimes. And there's been seasons where it's just been really quiet. The other thing I would say, though, is practically the one thing that's changed my personal walk with the Lord, my marriage, my family, my perspective is being surrounded in a community that listens to the Lord well and speaks into our family and into our life and seeking them out. So we have ministry up here that is called Evergreen, where three women kind of come in. It's, it's not counseling per se, but they are friends of mine from church and they sit and they listen to the Lord for my behalf. They don't ask me a single question. They don't help me unpack my past. They just listen to the Lord and start speaking. And that is kind of the community that we've created here. And the things that they hear from the Lord for me on my behalf, for our marriage is just 
so confirming, encouraging, things that you're like, I can't believe you said that because I just asked God about it this morning. So we are not meant to do this alone and to go out there and realize that. I mean, he's a triune God. He has always been part and in creating family. He is he is the author of family. And so we have sought our church family and we it's just such a neat thing. There was there's a time about a year ago that I went and I was confused about what's next. I've done a lot of public speaking and laid that down for the season with my daughter. And as they were praying, one of the girls said, I just, I, and she wrote it down and she doesn't know me very well in that way. And she said, you know, I, I see you speaking and I see angels surrounding you and that it's time to pick up that microphone and just gave me that permission to go, oh my gosh, like I just got so excited because she had no idea that I did that in the past, you know? And so different things like that, that can really encourage you in your walk. You're not meant to do it alone and others around you hear well from the Lord too and seek them out. Yeah, absolutely. I just think about those that are listening that are doing this dance with the Lord and going through life and trying to include Him into everything. And I would just encourage you, if you are not in a community that chases after Jesus, like your heart's greatest desire, I would just encourage you to do what you can to seek that community out or even just add that to your prayer list of, Lord, bring me people that are passionate about you into my direct community. Because I absolutely agree. The funny thing is, I have a whole slew of prayer warriors in Evergreen, Colorado (laughs) on a regular basis. And it's the same thing. And, you know, I, I totally believe that God speaks through His Word But I also believe that God speaks through other believers that are also accurately hearing from the Lord. And again, you take everything back to scripture, make sure it aligns with God's word, but having other people that are connected to the source of life speak into your life so you can be like, okay, that's actually what I thought. That's, that is where I want to go or that that's what God was speaking to me about earlier and how exciting that is. Yeah. And you're right. You know, of course, everything in discernment, right? But what's even amazing is to be on the other side where one time I was several times, but one time I was really prompted to, to go up to this lady I don't know and just give her an encouraging word. And the Lord, I mean, when the Lord puts it on you, I'm like, I get hot and I'm like, I'm physically, re- you know, responding to like, okay, Lord. And I went there and I was like, this may be way off. Take this to the Lord, you know, and see, but and just encouraged her. And she just broke down. She's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You have no idea what I've been going through. And it, it's so beautiful. And so when it's an encouraging word from the Lord, it will only encourage. And that is when, you know, God's in it. And so it is, that's my practical thing is what I've learned is I can't do this alone. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So jumping into another area of your life, you are in this process of writing a book, which is so exciting. I love that you're jumping into this endeavor because it's kind of like, I mean, so many people put it on their bucket list of, I want to write a book. They're like actually doing it. So can you give us a glimpse of like what you're hoping to communicate? Yeah, you know, and I want to tell your listeners because so often people get on podcasts or interviews with their book and their title and their thesis. Like, I'm at the genesis of this. So I know God wants this to happen. He prompted me to do it. And I'm going out to work with a Christian publisher named Throne Publishing uh, and just starting the process. So I will tell you right now, I've got several different ideas 
and different directions. So I'm in it. And, and who knows, maybe we'll touch base midway. I mean, I always think that's so great. You wrote a book. How the heck do you write a first the first word. I mean, where do you start? So I'm, that's where I am. I think my heart is passionate to reach the next generation of those who are going to say yes to the Lord in a world where there's so many setbacks and hangups and excuses to not, and to give real like tangible resource and encouragement and just ways to continue with that. Yes. And to help them along the way with things I've learned over the years. So with that, I want to introduce somehow Pastor Paul's story, because let me tell you, our world is being challenged with needing to be resilient and we are not doing a good job in America. And you know who is the best at resiliency is the poor. And there's so much to learn from Pastor Paul and their resiliency for what they've had to go through and endure to continue to say yes. And so I want him to be the mentor in in a way of my journey. So that's kind of the big picture. And I have no idea. Next week, I'm going out and I'll have more, but it's it's an exciting exciting. Oh, I love that. Well, and that's funny because I was going to ask you what you felt like has been the most pivotal piece of advice that you've gotten from a mentor along the way. You know, if you're talking about this book and how you can encourage another generation or the generation of today about resilience, any words for people that are listening that are in that season? And Pastor Paul has great one-liners, African, they just, they do parables so well. And I, there's so many, but the one that almost comes up daily in, in my life and in, in decisions and, and whether you're in a space of waiting for something to come, whether you're in a place, you're not sure what decision to make, all those things. Pastor Paul has always told me, save your yes for the best. Mm -hmm. And that's really helped me because in that season of waiting, you can lower your expectations. You can lose hope. You can just say yes to the the okay thing. And he just encouraged me to say, save your yes for the best. And so that has helped me weed out a lot of great things, but not the best things. And even in the waiting or whether you're moving forward on something, in that case, he was telling me, you know, for when I was getting married, because I had just broken off an engagement and thought, this is it. I, you know, my desire is to get married, but here I am in the village. And he goes, Kelsey, don't mind. Save your yes for the best. And I said, okay. <laughs> well, and then saying that, I'd love to, can you tell how you met your husband? Yeah, we, I, so I moved with Pastor Paul, I moved in to the village. There I was going to be a village missionary the rest of my life. And the big role model in my life is Heidi Baker. And she's in Mozambique. She's a missionary of a very large ministry for orphans also thousands and thousands and thousands. And so anyway, she invited me uh, to her ministry. And so I went there, they have a big base in Mozambique in 2010. And hundreds of different internationals in and out schools and outreaches. And so I was there for three weeks and bumped into my Colorado man. He was this tall, strapping, great guy and met him there. And he, I mean, we overlapped maybe like seven days. And so met him there, came back to Colorado and saw him during the holiday. And and the one thing that I swore I would never do is marry someone from a small town because I came from one, didn't want to go back to one. And that was my like stubborn, like, no way I'm in Africa. Anyway, God changed my heart and met him, Thaddeus. And three months later, we were engaged. There you go. We saved our yes for the best. And it was, it was wild. And he had never gone overseas. That was his first trip. So it was just, it was really cool to meet there. Well, and how creative of the Lord to take Two Americans from small towns clear across the world at the same time to be like, I'm going to have you intersect here first. Yeah, I know. At that time, 
I lived in Colorado a long time. I just had never met him because we live in such a small town of Kremling. It's like 5,000 people on your way to Steamboat. But otherwise, yeah, I had never met him. God knew exactly what he was doing. And I moved into the small town and griped and struggled with the Lord for a for a lot of years as to why. And God's been so gracious to finally show me what is really going on and why he has us here. And there's nowhere else I'd rather be. So it's it's a sweet season we're in. Oh, I love that so much. Well, it is, it's such a joy just to get to connect every, you know, really every couple of years that needs to be a lot more. Definitely. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just so encouraged by your pursuit of what God is doing and your openness, like hands open of like what God wants to do next in your story. And even just the life that you guys allow others to see, you know, life is not easy, but doing life openly before the Lord and just letting others kind of peek into our world. I think that's so beautiful. And I've loved to watch your journey over the few years that we've known each other. Yes. Thank you so much. It is. I, I love I love connecting and just being open and honest. And so often you hear people like, oh, they've arrived at this thing. And I just want, you know, we're in it. We're in the midst of it and daily with the Lord. And it's not always easy. And it's, it, the world might be getting harder, but I feel like the Lord and, and how we're moving in the community is just getting so much richer and sweeter. And he is, mm-hmm. he is on the move and he is doing amazing things. And it's just aligning ourselves to what he's doing and focusing on him versus everything around us. And so it's just a really sweet season to be surrounded in community like that. And that's my biggest encouragement for you. Even in this season of isolation um, and possibly mental, emotional struggles, like community is God's heartbeat. And so I just encourage that and pray that over each listener today that they just are able to connect with at least one other in a really sweet way with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. I totally agree with that. That's so good. Well, so last but not least, as we wrap up, tell us what place are you between and how can we be praying for you? Yeah, I'm in between daily. (laughs) It's all the time. I think outwardly, yes, the space between the biggest one obviously is turning 40. It feels like a big one and to really celebrate it. And so I think that the exciting part of this life feels so rich and full right now. And at the same time, the reality that the days are numbered in our lives and they're numbered when we're 18, but it's just like this reality sets in of just purpose in this season of our lives. So I'm just praying for that transition and, and excitement around that versus fear. And I think inwardly uh, a, a transition or season between is is being having Sparrow, my daughter, she's an only child and it took a, a lot for us a lot of time for us to get pregnant and she came naturally in a miraculous story there. But um, it's never like I said, I'm going to have an only child. I mean, my heart was for her to have a sibling and that's probably not going to happen. And so at least biologically. So um, having, I have pe- it's weird. I have a real peace around that, but I have a real struggle. like feeling guilt around her not having a sibling. Mm. So that's just been hard. I think, um, yeah, I just know the beauty of siblings. I have one brother and, and he's amazing. And my husband has so many and they're just so important. But just trusting the Lord that he's going to provide every relationship and friendship and cousin that she needs. And she's the most social thing and has so many friends. But just just feeling that especially we had COVID um, last month and we were home in the house all month and she didn't have a sibling. So just just the awareness of, of that 
has been hard, but also mm-hmm. knowing that just trusting that there's God's gonna do something really sweet with the three of us. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And even just to speak encouragement over you, she she doesn't know anything different. And like, it sounds like she has a really full life and parents that invest in her and a community and cousins and people around her. And, you know, I look at some families that they could have four or five kids and they have two kids that are lost in the mix because parents don't give them the attention or they're lost because they're a middle child and they don't know how to speak up or whatever. It's like God has uniquely provided this beautiful community around you. And whether or not an adoption to come is along the way, or God brings other friends that become family, I just believe that she's going to feel so fulfilled and like full of life. And she's never going to look back to think, gosh, I wish my parents would have had another kid. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, we, uh, we live in a townhome and and the people who own the townhome next to us is dad's sister. So we're next door to her two-year-old cousin. And so they play every day. I mean, she's more social than anyone, of course. And so God really is, he steps in, in those, in those ways and in those gaps and just trusting him in that. But thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm ready to get her on a plane to go visit Pastor Paul and all those amazing kids. So Oh, I love that. Well, I hope that time is so rewarding together and we wish you safe travels. We will for sure be praying for your book writing process and all the adventures that 2022 have to hold. But um, thanks for sharing a bit of your story with us today. Yes. Thank you so much. And just know too, with the ministry, if you're interested at all, we have beautiful personal sponsorships where you get to write and visit and connect with orphans and widows. So it's, mm-hmm. we're all about the depth of relationships. So it's so fun. It's really just such a fun process to connect people. Absolutely. We'll tag your website and extra ways to get involved on the show notes. So if you happen to be listening and you want to know more about Kelsey or Rowan, and all the good things, just check our show notes today. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Uh, listeners, you. we will see you again. Um, we'll catch up again next week. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.